Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is going to be a really a, a fun football game. Um, you know, one of the things that we uh, did last week, we, we, we really worked on a lot of things. Um, and uh, in our after our first game, we made a decision. We're going to we're going to give uh, Braden Fowler and Nicolosi an opportunity to play this week. He's going to start for us. Um, Clay Millen's a tremendous player for us. Um, He's going to be an important player for us the rest of this season. But we just felt like it was an opportunity for, for Braden to play. Clay got banged up a little bit in our last game, and uh, I just didn't want to put him back out there uh, in the middle of that game with the state that he was in. Um, and Braden came in and played well. You know, the bottom line is we got to score touchdowns and we got to score points offensively. When you play against good football teams – you know, you have to you have to sustain drives and you got to make plays. And um, so we're going to give Braden an opportunity. You know, I told Clay, you know, a lot of the that game, I took responsibility for the Washington State game. You know, one of the things as a team you have to do, learn how to do, is not beat yourself. And I probably leaned on that a little bit too much in that first game. Uh, thought we could slow him down a little bit better. And uh, but I played a little close to the best, and we really want to get back to playing our style of football. And since since we got here, we really haven't been able to do that offensively for different reasons. Last year, I think we have a really talented group of kids that we can play with, and we're we're going to turn them loose and let them play. Um, you know the history of this game. I've gotten a chance to meet a bunch of our alumni bunch of guys that played here in the late 90s and early 2000s and uh, and obviously Coach Lubick. Um, the history of this game is respect. It's just respect. And, um, you know, to quote Bradley Van Pelt, you know, this game is about our players earning respect. And so that's what we got to go do. We got to go play and we got to we got to play well. And, and uh, I'm really excited for our football team. I'm really excited for our, our program. And I'm excited for our kids that they get this opportunity to play this game. And, and then it's a meaningful game. Happy Monday, y'all. We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. That, of course, was Jay Norvell during his weekly press conference delivering the big news. Braden Fadler Nicolosi will get the start at quarterback against CU. Obviously came in and provided a spark against Washington State. 
on a really big stage, an insanely big stage. I mean, with Game Day and Fox Big Noon being there, not sure that's ever even happened before. But the redshirt freshman clearly has a big opportunity in front of him with a game in Boulder against a top 20 CU squad that continues to get more and more hype by the week. Anyways, I'm going to give my thoughts on all of this. I'm going to talk about the timing, going to talk about what this means moving forward for the offense, uh, potentially for Clay Millen. After that, I'll get to some of your Twitter comments and questions. Then I will give just a... It's kind of a segment that I got from the Ryan Rosillo podcast. He has one, uh, Tales from the Couch, which, you know, it was a bye week for CSU. I, I had just a couple of observations about CU Nebraska, the Mountain West college football product as a whole. We'll get into that. And then, of course, I'll give my updated top 25. Before I forget, I do want to shout out Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Colorado, and appreciate him sending me the audio from the press conference today. Wasn't able to make it this morning, but I will be there for practice this week. Just wanted to make sure that I shouted out Kevin, though. Really appreciate him coming up clutch for us. And I've said this a million times, but I cannot recommend supporting his work enough. Make sure you give him a subscription, follow him on Twitter, all that fun stuff. Kevin is the man. All right, before we get into this, let me shout out the homies over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Can you guys believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. The NFL is here. DraftKings Sportsbook is here. And they're an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And they are giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly. All they got to do is bet 5 bucks on any NFL game. On top of that, DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Just check out the app and see what you get. Download the app now. Use the code DNVR to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5. That code DNVR only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8787-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Also, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, you name it. And with the game time guarantee, you're always going to get the best price. If you can find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag your tickets without stress using Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem that code DNVR for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Cool, cool, cool. Now that we've paid the bills, let's dive into this quarterback situation for CSU. Uh, first things first, I'll say. As far as timing goes, maybe a little bit 
earlier than I expected as far as making a, a quarterback change. Just with how much time you've invested in Clay Millen to this point, I kind of figured you at least give him the start in Boulder. Maybe you have a really short leash. At the same time, though, it's only a 12-game regular season. It's not like you can afford to go too far into the season without establishing some type of offensive consistency to to find that offensive identity that we really have not seen CSU find since Norvell came over from Nevada. I mean, that offensive production in the fourth quarter, the 21 points they scored in the fourth, that's, that's more production than CSU has had at any point under Norvell thus far. Uh, more than any Clay Millen start, really outside of the, I think it was the third quarter against Middle Tennessee in, in Fort Collins last year. That's the the only time we've seen this offense connect on multiple explosive plays in the same game. And with that return trip to Middle Tennessee coming up, which I've, from the beginning, have said is going to be a very important game for CSU to win if they want to have any opportunity to, to make a bowl game. I kind of like putting Braden Fowler Nicolosi out there in week two and seeing what he can do. I mean, you're 19-point underdogs. You're playing a top-20 team on the road. Obviously, the, the lights are very bright in that instance. Nobody's given CSU a shot. Why not give the kid a shot and see if he can continue the spark that he provided against Wazoo? I mean, I've heard really good things about him all throughout fall camp from Matt Mummy, from Jay Norvell as well. Going back to last year, you've heard a lot of positive things regarding his work ethic and his dedication. To me, if you are having some doubts about the quarterback position, this is a, a good chance to, to kind of reevaluate things and see where you're at. It doesn't definitively mean that BFN is going to be the, the quarterback of the future, or that he's going to start every game this season or anything like that. It doesn't definitively mean it's the end of the Millen era at CSU. I still believe Clay, as far as you know, mechanics go, raw arm talent, being in, in just intelligent. Like, I think he has all of the upside in the world. If he's not willing to let it rip, though, if he's not willing to trust the offensive line, and that was one thing that that I mentioned pretty consistently coming into this season as being a concern for me is just what is the residual impact of all those hits that Clay took? Is he Is he going to feel confident enough to, you know, stand back there, let the play develop, to stretch the field? Is he going to be able to be decisive enough, you know, in, in the heat of the moment? Quarterback is the hardest position in sports for a reason. And when, you're, when your start is just so turbulent, when you have so many wonky circumstances, that can be really detrimental to you, talent or not. You know, I don't want to speak for Clay Millen or anything like that, but just from my observations, you know, being a guy that's close to the program, it seems like Clay Millen needs a shakeup. When I look at his body language on the sideline, when things aren't going well, when I hear that Norvell said he doesn't like the look in his eye post-game, I mean, that's what he said to me when I asked about opening up the offense. Sometimes talented players need an opportunity to clear their head, to go to the bench and, you know, see things through a different lens, essentially. But to me, Braden has earned this opportunity. Like I said, he had a really good fall camp and I just I don't think this is about injury or preserving Clay Millen necessarily. I I think it's about seeing if Braden can be that guy. And I, I really do feel like the quarterback position is up for grabs in a way that it really hasn't been since Clay came over. I mean, it, it was a, a competition in quotation marks, but just with the 
advantage he had as far as already being in the system. I mean, he was always going to be the guy. It's a different situation now. You have multiple quarterbacks on the roster that have been in the system for an entire season plus, have had multiple springs on campus. You have a true freshman that you're very excited about. And frankly, the Rams have to use this fall to figure out what's that future of the quarterback position going to be like in spring. Is it going to be Jackson Brousseau, you know, trying to dethrone Clay Millen? Is it going to be, you know, Braden Fowler Nicolosi's job to lose? We'll see, but you've got to find out those answers and hopefully find them out without completely throwing away the season. You know, like I said, you can't go six, seven games with offensive incompetency, not scoring 20 points in a 12-game season if you throw away half the year. You're not going to have any opportunity to compete for the postseason, and you've got some games coming up that are are certainly winnable. Middle Tennessee is a winnable game. Is it going to be tough? Yes, but it's winnable. You should beat an FCS team at home, especially a bad one. Utah State, UNLV, these games coming up, they're all there for the taking, but you'd like to find out if it's it's going to be Millen or BFN that best gives you that opportunity to score some points. Clearly, they've got talent. Torrey Horton, Dylan Holker, Kobe Johnson, Avery Morrow, Justice Ross Simmons. These are all very productive skill players that would start anywhere in this conference. Braden's throwing mechanics, maybe not quite as as pretty as Clay's. You know, maybe he's not quite as pure of a pocket passer, but he gives those guys an opportunity to make plays. And I really feel like the biggest difference that he brings to the table right now is mentality. It's confidence. He's not going to just check it down. He's going to give his guy an opportunity to make a play in the end zone. He's going to get the ball to Torrey Horton. And he's just, he's playing with some swagger, you know, he, he clearly provided a spark to the offense. I don't think that's deniable. But more than anything, I just think it's an edge that he can potentially bring to this team, especially in a game like the Rocky Mountain Showdown. You kind of want your quarterback to have some dog in him, to have that BVP, Tim Tebow-type warrior mentality, you know, where whatever it takes. I think it's something that this program as a whole just needs more of, that that killer mentality to, to feel like you're still going to win it if you go down seven, to, to feel like you have that quick strike ability. And I'm not saying that all of CSU's offensive issues are on Millen or anything like that. I really can't even know what to, to take away from last season with how wonky the circumstances are. But I do know that when they were only down 17-3 in the second quarter, it, it was not very confidence-inspiring. I didn't like his body language. I felt like he was kind of pouty in the third quarter after they went three and out. Then he tried to force the ball through a bad pick. I don't know. It just wasn't clicking for him. And I do think that play calling was certainly a factor in his defense. I mean, Norvell has said it more than once now. He probably played things a little too close to the vest, trying to prevent the the negative plays that we saw so frequently last year. Maybe got a little too conservative at times. I also think that there were some instances where Clay had opportunities to open up the offense and he didn't take advantage. Braden Fowler-Nicolosi did take advantage in the fourth quarter, and I'm open to seeing more of that. It it takes some stones to bench a a four-star recruit, but this ain't intramurals, brother. You play to win, and in a 12-game season, the clock is ticking fast. I like that they're exploring all options, and I like that they're not getting too complacent here. It just hasn't been good enough, not consistently at least, and 
by doing this, although bold, you have an opportunity to find out if Braden Fowler Nicolosi is the guy. If he's not, then you open up the competition again and we see what happens there. If he is, he takes the reins and rolls with it. Awesome. I mean, could you imagine if if he even plays well, it's going to be really encouraging. But if he went into Boulder on this stage and won, that's one hell of a way to define a legacy, especially after he already went into Reno and led CSU to victory in Jay Norvell's return there this past season. I mean, that's what movies are made of. Look, I'm not trying to go out on a limb and give any bold proclamation or prediction or anything like that. The Buffs are 19-point favorites in this one for a reason. But this is the dumbest sport, man. And wonky stuff, just really crazy, unpredictable stuff happens every single weekend. Every weekend in college football, you see something even dumber than the last. So who knows? Who knows, man? That defense, it's not super intimidating. And in a rivalry game, you never know. All right, let's move on. Let's get to your Twitter questions and comments, starting with this one from at Julio underscore econ. Changing your mind on such a big decision after one half makes me wonder what Norvell was doing this entire preseason. I mean, I, I think they're always considering all options, especially with the the lack of offensive success last year. But what is he supposed to say that publicly? Like, you kind of have to be behind your guy and then hope that it works out. But essentially, if it doesn't have the confidence and, I guess, stones, you know, to, to make a, a change, it's why coaching is hard, man. Everybody gets to second-guess everything you do. Um Second part of the comment, that said, play the kid who gives you the best chance to win. Anything else will lose the rest of the team. Absolutely, you play the best kid. It's not about you know, what you thought the reputation was coming in. It's not about recruiting rankings. It's not about the past. It's all about right now. It's, it's all about wins and losses at this level. All right, this is from RamNation.com. I think it's important for the staff to make a statement that performance matters and that the players getting it done on the field are the ones who will play. Clay may still be the guy at some point, but it's worth taking a shot on BFN now. I mean, that's essentially in one tweet what I said over the last 15 minutes. So great job, RamNation.com. As usual, uh, assume that's Joel tweeting. That's my guy. But uh, keeping it moving, this one from Bred, uh, excuse me, Bledsoe Bradley, a bit of a tongue twister there. Unfortunately, with Millen under center, the offense has been boring, safe, and unproductive. It's time to see if Braden can give this team a spark it so desperately needs. Again, you know, right on right on par with what I've been saying throughout this podcast. This isn't necessarily making a definitive decision either way on BFN or Clay Millen, but it's keeping all options open. And when you've only scored more than 20 points once in 13 games, you got to be open. All right, this one is from Hunter Kennyberg, it looks like. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Maybe they just believe he'll be willing to take shots downfield where Millen was barely taking five-yard slant shots. I mean, yeah, they got to open things up. Clearly, from Deuce, Colorado, my guy Robert can't hurt. He looked more willing to send the ball downfield. Millen seems to only want to throw downfield if it's very obvious. I agree. He just he hasn't been as willing to to let it rip despite having all the arm talent and despite, you know, having a pretty clean pocket for most of that game from scam. The Ram, that's a good username. We've got think Millen can still do it. Think this is the perfect opportunity to test out BFN though. No one's given us a chance, run him out there and let's see you adjust on the fly with limited tape to prep off. It's a good point too. I mean, limited tape, less access, but 
more than anything, like what do you have to lose in this one? Uh, from Colton Kirby, 880, I'm for it. Gives Clay the opportunity to continue to grow. Also helps out BFN, a fair point. From uh, at L-O-F-A-S-Z-Z, got to take the chance. Can't continue not to move the ball right there with you. It's a 12-game season, you know? You've got to get this figured out by really the end of Middle Tennessee because while I do think you could make a bowl game, you know, I could conceivably see them going 6-3 and three over the, the final nine if the defense, you know, really plays to its potential. If all of these offensive skill players are as productive as we believe that they can be, but you don't want to be 0-3. You really don't want to be 0-3. The pressure's on. The pressure's definitely on. Uh, keeping it moving from Cam Sack. <laughs> we got, I can remember someone saying that the bench can be the best motivator. We're about to find out. That's a good point. Norvell said that a bunch of times this offseason. That's an homage to Bobby Knight. Uh, from Man the Myth, we uh, Man the Myth and Hefe. Mixed emotions, maybe giving Millen some time could wake him up a bit, similar to when we benched Stevens, then he came back in to light it up later half of the season in the next year. But he looked awfully gun-shy in the first game. Four yards per completion, won't get it done. That's a good point. I, I kind of forgot about that whole Nick Stevens ordeal. All right, finally, we've got from uh, Forever Fluffy 1, got to go with what works. BFN was averaging 10 yards per completion. Millen was under 5 with the lack of production from the run game. Can't expect to move the chains as needed, only averaging 4.6 yards per pass. That's a really astute point. And one of the things that I tried to kind of break down after the game was you know, those quick screens, the, the quick runs up the gut can be very effective, especially when you're playing at tempo. You're not just going to see that disappear, and you don't want it to. But you have to be able to stretch the field vertically to set up the success on the quick hitters. You know, it, it all works together in harmony. And if you can only do one or the other, you're really putting yourself in a bad spot because the defense knows what you're trying to do. Whether it's Millen, whether it's BFN, whoever's back there, they got to let it rip. They got to let it rip or none of this offense works. All right. I appreciate all of the comments, the engagement. Um, if I missed something you sent to me, my apologies. Um, just keep keep firing away and, I, and I'll comment on it at some point. But I do want to shout out FOCO, leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. You know, it's the end of baseball season. Good time to... Catch up before the postseason if your team is not the Rockies. Uh, straw hat, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. They've hooked us up with set decorations. They've got all kinds of cool stuff to make you look like you live in the coolest studio around. FOCO has our back for Colorado Sports. They have yours too. Get that best gear by using the link in the description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code DNVR for 10% off your order. I also want to shout out our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. You guys know we love Breck Brew at DMVR, and that's because their love and passion for making great beer. They've been doing it for 33 years, which is awesome. It's made with 100% renewable energy. Check out some of my personal favorites, including Avalanche Amber Ale. I'm a big Mountain Beach Sour guy. You can never go wrong with the good company Hard Seltzer. Whatever you're into, they've got something for you. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. All right, before we get out of here, and I'm going to make this quick, quicker than I initially intended on, I have just some observations from the couch, starting with the fact that college football as a whole has a problem. And that problem is that it's much more enjoyable to consume the product sitting at home than it is to be at the stadium. 
And that's an issue because the the game is never going to be in terms of the the action on the field. It's never going to be as clean of a product as the NFL. The football is not going to be the same type of execution, the same type of precision. That's not what makes college football great. What's always made college football great is everything that goes along with it. It's that game day atmosphere. It's the marching band. It's the Ram walk. It's singing the fight song. It's comatose the cannon. It's everything that made it so that there there would be nowhere else you would rather be but supporting your squad and your community on game day. And I don't know. I think just with the, the media timeouts and how much wasted time, how much we see them standing around doing nothing when you're in there in person, it's just become brutal. And if I think that, somebody that lives and breathes for this sport, who's been obsessed with college football going all the way back to elementary school, who's been hooked with it ever since, who literally getting free tickets as part of being a student at CSU was a factor (laughs) that I had in the equation. Like that was a part of what really sold me on, on going to CSU. You mean I get to go to every Ram game for free? For me to now be like, man, they got to improve some things here. That's huge because you're not going to you're not going to capture the casual that way. I don't know. It was just both disappointing and alarming to me to sit there and have the thought to myself, man, I, I kind of wish I could do this more often instead of the hassle of being there in person. And if I'm feeling that way, I just I have to assume that there's a lot of other people that are that are similar. It's not that they don't want to watch the sport or anything like that. They just want a better experience in person. And to me, faster games, eliminating some of the the standing around that we have with the media timeouts, that's a great way to start. I know they made the rule changes this year, but they're still getting in just as many media timeouts. And if anything, if you're in person, that's a worse experience because it's just as much stoppage time with less actual game plays. I know that these TV networks are doing everything that they can to appeal to the casual football fan, the guy that's not a diehard for any team in particular, but some dude in a random city somewhere that, you know, is, is going to be willing to turn on the, the random big college game. I know that's the only thing these networks seem to care about, and they're throwing out all of the traditions, everything, the history that we love about college football. But how many times can you basically kick dirt on your most loyal supporters, the people that do go to games every week that are always locked into college football and expect the the overall health of the sport to be good. Anyways, that's just my two cents. I'm going to move on, not keep ranting about it. Uh, as far as CU Nebraska goes, I was kind of surprised by the reaction from CSU fans online. To me, there's more doom and gloom going into this game than when CSU went and played Alabama in Tuscaloosa like that's how little of a shot CSU fans seem to be giving the Rams as far as even keeping this game competitive goes but I don't know I mean I I do think that CU is big favorites for a reason the talent that they have offensively it's scary I mean they've got a ton of team speed Shadur looks like a ready-made NFL quarterback right now they're clearly significantly better and uh, further along in this rebuild than I thought that they would be coming in. That said, you know, I don't think TCU is very good. And there was nothing I saw in that Nebraska game that made me feel any worse. I mean, God, if they had a high school JV competent quarterback, it would have been a competitive game, you know, in that going into that third quarter, it wouldn't have been 
36-14 or whatever it ended up being. Jeff Sims straight up dropped the snap three different times. He had a really bad pick. I think he had a fumble at one point. It was just disastrous quarterback play. Kudos to CU for taking care of business in a big rivalry game. I'm not trying to diminish what they've accomplished or, you know, bring, I hate saying this term, but little brother energy into it or anything like that, you know, trying to essentially be like, it's not that good. All I'm saying is just that the reaction from some of the CSU fans has been a little over the top to me. And while I do think that the Rams are are significant underdogs for a reason, I also think it's a weird sport. I think that weird things, especially in rivalry games, can happen. And frankly, there's nothing I've seen from that CU defense out of Travis Hunter that really scares me all that much. Like, he's a freak. He's an absolute freak. What he's doing on both sides of the ball is just insane to me. And he could probably be a first-round pick as a corner or a wide receiver, which I just don't even think should be possible. But everybody else, I mean, you can run the ball on them. They gave up quite a few explosive plays against TCU. Looked a lot better against Nebraska, and credit to them for for responding in a big way. But again, with the quarterback play that Nebraska got, like, how much do I put into that? I don't know. Anyways, my gut says it'll be closer than most people think. But history says it'll probably be ugly. So I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, last observation from the couch here. Texas is back. I, I hate saying it. Quinn Ewers had a Heisman-type moment, uh, Heisman moment-type performance in that win over Bama and Tuscaloosa. Saban obviously never loses at home. That was significant. The fact that they kicked their asses in the trenches was significant. Bama's got some serious questions about quarterback play. But, man, what a world we live in. CU and Texas football are are both back in the top 20. <laughs> Never thought I'd see the day, but it's just been a pretty brutal start in terms of the football season and my personal allegiances go. Obviously, the Broncos game against the Raiders yesterday, yesterday was a disaster. Week one for CSU did not go as expected. Bama drops the ball against Texas. It's It's been hard out there. Fortunately, seasons are not defined in September, and we'll see how this all plays out. I was going to get into my top 25, but I'm just going to save it for tomorrow. I don't want to rush over it so much that it's not even worth doing, but I also want to be able to to get into it a little bit. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, Go up and see what's happening as far as practice goes. Looking forward to that. Thank you to all of you for continuing to support the content. I really appreciate it. I will be back live from the studio on Thursday at 9.30, just like we are every week with DMVR Rams Live. Don't miss out on that. Much love, y'all. Peace. What would you say if I told you I'd be the greatest MC that there ever was? What would you say if I told you that I could take a bunch of kids from the bottom and bring them to number one? And what would you say if I told you and nobody in the rockin' for a sold-out crowd? Damn, that shit is crazy. You probably never make it when you listening to that right now.